Hey, everybody. Happy Saturday. Thought Crime Saturday. We start with a Jack Posobiec monologue on Barbie. And then we talk about our very viral moment this last week. We also dive into a little bit of the border and the politics around the border and more. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Subscribe to our podcast. Open up your podcast application and type in Charlie Kirk Show. Get involved with Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. Start a high school or college chapter today at tpusa.com. Become a member. It's members.charliekirk.com. That is members.charliekirk.com. And email me, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the college campus. I want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk. Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks. I want to thank Charlie. He's an incredible guy. His spirit, his love of this country. He's done an amazing job building one of the most powerful youth organizations ever created, Turning Point USA. We will not embrace the ideas that have destroyed countries, destroyed lives, and we are going to fight for freedom on campuses across the country. That's why we are here. Noble Gold Investments is the official gold sponsor of The Charlie Kirk Show a company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to noblegoldinvestments.com. Okay, everybody. Happy Thought Crime Thursday. If you are watching for the first time, this might be a familiar aesthetic. Because clips from this program have been viewed over 20 million times in the last week. And we will get into that. Blake, you're famous now. Howdy, howdy. You weren't famous before, but you are famous oh, now. Oh, yeah, yeah. The fame is growing every single day. <laughs> Tyler, good to see you. Happy to be here. It's been a fun week. You know, I have a theory as to why this all broke. And Jack is with us. And Jack has the first topic. But let me just say this theory. I think because our stream was so successful in the New Hampshire primary night, it was a rising tide lifts all boats, and it just had a bunch of people then going through previously, like recently posted content, because it was a lag effect. We had the program last week, and then it was just nothing, 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 New Hampshire, and then the night of the New Hampshire primary, this idea of the pilot story started to go viral. I prefer the idea that there's just some poor schlub at Media Matters or something who's just is ordered to watch every single piece of content. Oh, no, we know that. Yeah. And like maybe he was just behind the curve, like he's really slow, laggardly. But sometimes he's got to watch like it in real time, and he's... sometimes it's just like they they really are not on top of it. So so Jack, uh, we're doing very well on this wonderful website, Rumble, and you have the first topic tonight. You're very enthusiastic. You're a big Barbie fan. So what is going on with Barbie? No, so so you know, Charlie, just real quick, you know, it's it's very strange. I was I was out reporting on the campaign trail. Earlier today, had to fly in for thought crime, and and I, I just made sure I you know right before I went up, I said, guys, could you could you tell me the name of my pilot by chance before before I get in? I'm not going to name the airline United, and and they said, oh, his, his name, oh, his name is his name is John Smith, and I said, oh, okay, great, that's wonderful, thank you so much. No, but today's today's first topic uh, before we go on. So this is this is Charlie. It's not. I know we're going to talk a little bit more about air travel and the state of air travel a little bit later in the show, but 
tonight we're going to talk about the Oscars because we all love the Oscars. We're all huge Oscar fans. Blake has never missed an Oscars actually since he's been alive and he's gone back and can memorize. You know, he can do the Roman emperors, we all know, but he can actually tell you every Oscar winner of every single category all the way back to the first Oscars. And uh, this this year around Charlie, Barbie, Margot Robbie snubbed for the best actress category. Greta Gerwig for best director also snubbed, but you know who got nominated for best actor? Oh, that's right, Ryan Gosling for Ken. And for the, as Rush used to call them, the feminazis out there, it was basically like 9-11 because the patriarchy got the achievement while the women were told, well, you are not allowed on stage. <laughs> you have to stay in the kitchen. And so, you know, it really, it really just goes to show you folks, we're back. We're so absolutely back. And they're losing, they're actually losing their minds over this, Charlie, that the idea that a guy who, remember, people have to understand too about, about Ryan Gosling, what he's doing is he's playing a woman's conception of a man, right? Whereas Margot Robbie is playing a woman's conception of a woman. And let's be honest, her portrayal is completely boring. But a lot of people have pointed out that Ken on his, I'm sorry, it is. I mean, look, she's gorgeous. The, you know, Tanya was telling me that she liked the outfits, but Tanya actually fell asleep watching the movie. And it, whereas Ken goes on this whole story arc where he actually understands that in the real world, so, he, so Kens are basically slaves in Barbie world. Um, and, and this movie really, in many ways, is birth of a nation for women. And he then goes and, become, and finds out that in the real world, men are on all the money and men have been all the presidents and men have invented everything and are, and are in charge of the most successful companies. And so he goes back to Barbie world and he, he leads the men to liberation. And there's just something... There's just something very ironically glorious that he's the one who gets the Oscar nomination and not them. Well, so one of the things that makes it funny, they're complaining about this. And we we shouldn't miss this, by the way, that this got commentary from Hillary Clinton, who is this person. Yes, exactly. I want to dig deep, deep here. A lot of people have forgotten this. Hillary Clinton actually is a person who ran for president once uh, no, like she a long, a long time true. ago. I know it's, it's easy what? to forget, but there was this person, Hillary Clinton. She was the wife of of Bill Clinton, an actual president, and she tried to run for president. And so they put her into the news cycle. And so yesterday she tweeted in response to the Oscar nominations, Greta and Margot, while it can sting to win the box office, but not take home the gold, your millions <laughs> of fans love you. You're both so much more than Kenuff, which is a Ken <sighs> thing. And then uh, hashtag Hillary Barbie. She appears to have made that up herself. Now, what stands out as funny to me is they're talking like <laughs> so it's a big sec. Like New York Times has this headline, uh, like for Barbie fans online, a bitterly ironic Oscar snub. Uh, Margot Robbie missed the Academy Award nomination for actress, a fact that was a little too on the nose for some. I will note the Oscar category is for best actress. So the implication is she got left out due to sexism, but she just didn't get the nomination compared to other women competing for the same category for other films where they, as far as I know, played women. Maybe some of them played dudes. It's all the rage these days. But so 
it, it fits into this realm in cinema where they just complain about things that are not real and don't happen. A, a few years ago, they had a Captain Marvel movie come out about it was one of the stupid superhero movies. And they acted like it was the first time a woman had ever starred in a major motion picture. But in fact, many women have starred in motion pictures and best actress has been an Oscar category going back as far as I know to the original Oscars. But I guess the, the cause of fighting systemic sexism has been going on for a hundred years and will continue to go on because they are in the end systematically unhappy. Now, has the Oscars ever nominated a biological woman into the male category or vice versa or is or we're, we're waiting for that that progress has well they have arrived. nominated some women for best director even though all the best directors are in fact men so there's something what, like there's a bit of that it, i thought but, a woman did hurt locker or something yeah yeah right? so, yes a woman didn't uh, she win james for that? cameron's ex-wife actually she won for her. that though, i believe she, she did and i yeah. think she was the first one to win for it. in all seriousness I, good movie i i know i will just say i'm not exactly one to defend left-wing talking points but usually men are the best directors but i actually think that's a good movie yeah it was a perfectly fine I pulled movie that off the top and, of my head right, by so, the way. so women women have won women yeah. have won great no, I'm, I'm not arguing. I was just trying to think. I just said that that's my whole that, – that, I'm, yeah, I'm not exactly Charlie, a – Charlie, bell curves are real. And we're going to talk about that. I'm not exactly a cinephile. I just <laughs> I just remember I liked Hurt Locker and I remember everyone made a big you know, thing that it was a, a female uh, female director. But you think about it, the best directors – Eagle, though. Yeah. And in fact, we've won – won... It's an objectively great movie. Uh, and by the way, the guy from uh, the Bourne movie is the main actor, right? I, I can't think of a single not... movie I liked that had a woman that – directed it i just don't, apparently I just a woman it. won best director in 2020 and 2021 okay uh jane what, campion and chloe movie? zhao i don't really watch movies because they're all cia psychological operation programming uh yeah i haven't watched uh, any movies lately either other than jeremy actually, renner yes jeremy renner he's a good actor i think he's a great actor yeah. i don't know his politics he's a good actor okay chloe was, zhao I think he won was zone, which was mad theme which oh, was a similar I movie. I think so. He lives in Reno. Yeah, I think he's a... Chloe Zhao won for Nomadland, a movie I didn't watch. And Jane Campion won for The Power of the Dog, a movie I have not watched. So, they, yeah, and it, when, when did The Color Purple win? When that one was considered to be a good movie, I said, I'm done. Like, this is all just garbage. Isn't that like an 80s movie? I would. No, oh, I no, would, there's uh, a reason they remade it. Out there, no, though, no, no, not the 1988. You guys are all out of the mix. No, the color purple one recently. Yeah, okay, yeah. They did a 2023 yeah, there was a version. That, yes, like, Obama yes, liked yes, it a lot. Yes, I know. I think it won an award. Yeah. Right? I don't know. You know more about these movies than I do, apparently. I don't watch the Oscars. I'm just... I would note that I just Charlie's denials are becoming increasingly passively, implausible. I passively scan the news. I don't watch the Oscars. I, tr- I did not watch The Color Purple. I, I did not watch The Color Purple, Charlie unconvincingly lied. I can tell you I definitely didn't watch this. Yeah, do you hang um, out with Obama to watch movies with him? Jer- Jeremy Only Renner, at Martha's Vineyard. Jer- Jeremy Renner got in trouble a few years ago for... Didn't he get in a car accident or something? Yeah, he got in a really bad accident. Yeah, he almost died or but something. But I think... I, I've heard that Look he was conservative. pop culture knowledge. <laughs> I've I, I heard that he was conservative, but he was making fun of Black Widow for being promiscuous. Oh, it was a mobile accident. Okay, I was close. Yeah, it was a terrible. terrible yeah, accident. it was like a really bad freak accident. All right, died. so Jack, so so for the audience that doesn't well, care no, I, what about I gonna, Barbie, such as I, what 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 is the significance here? Is it just kind of to enjoy? Oh, well, the one thing I was going to throw out that the that uh, on on Margot Robbie's behalf is that Margot Robbie was absolutely robbed of the best actress uh, role in when she was nominated. But when she put out the movie I, Tanya, where she played Tanya Harding, I think it was yeah. back in 2017, Skater, 2018. The, 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 um, 
skater, right? Or the figure skater? Yeah, the skater. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the fig- sure. so Tanya Harding was the one where and everybody thinks that Tanya Harding attacked uh Nancy Kerrigan at the nineteen ninety-four Olympics, but it was actually like the people around Tanya Harding attacked Nancy Kerrigan. And the movie is kind of like her side of the story, which is very different from what the tabloid side of the story is. And uh, it's it's just hilarious. It's a great portrayal. Everyone should go see it. It's an incredible movie. It shows you how much the media lies about things. And the fact and honestly, just the fact that Tanya Harding did not participate in the um, in this plot to attack Nancy Kerrigan. Now, did she kind of cover up what happened afterwards? Yeah, sure. Right. And she got in trouble for that. But she wasn't actually part of it, even though history constantly blames her for this. And and I think that uh, I think that Margot Robbie did a fantastic job. And the reason that this matters so much, Charlie, uh, from a political perspective, as well as just sort of where we are in the culture, right, is because Barbie goes on to be this incredible uh, just box office juggernaut, something like one point three, one point four billion dollars, probably even more than that, um, you know, easily defeated everything at the box office in in uh, 2023 um certainly in terms of aggregate dollars sound of freedom i think is number one in terms of profitability uh because the ratio of how how cheaply that was made it was either that or the new godzilla movie which was also made really really cheaply and but you know went on to be a huge success the reason it matters so much is like is goes back to what i was saying before that this was birth of the nation for women that these feminists charlie and the fact that look i think most people most girls who went to see the barbie movie aren't coming out and actually like listening to it but there's a scene in there and it's it's not even a scene it's a whole plot where in order to basically win over the the film you would think in a movie like this like ken versus barbie people would have said you know the, i think the like the classic movie plot would be well, women and men need need each other, right? Ken needs Barbie, Barbie needs Ken, and that kind of would have been the end of the movie. But that's not the end of this movie. The end of this movie is that Barbie is superior to Ken and that women are superior to men and that women are not allowed to be held accountable. Women are not allowed to be um, subject to objective standards of anything um, because women, of course, the main thing they want is to be the center of attention and have everyone talking about them. And if everyone is not, then obviously it is it is because of sexism and it's because of misogyny. That is quite literally, quite literally the message of this film. And so for the response from the Academy to not give it the best actress nomination just flies in the face of all of the political and the feminist um equity that has been built up in this which is is similar by the way to the taylor swift stuff that we've seen going on as well and the left of course is running around already making ads depicting girls dressed as barbie listening to taylor swift music and then going to vote for democrats so there's so much equity that the democrats have put into this branding and then they just just straight up Jack, I got to tell you, I'm so unbelievably impressed by how long you talked about Barbie. I, I just, I, 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 that's a non, I, I got to be honest. People said, interrupt them. I said, I, I'm just enjoying it. I, I just am enjoying it. So Jack, I just got to be honest. The chat hates the topic, but that's okay. I thought it was great. I, I keep an open mind. Well, that's okay. You know, some of us are trying to find out what's actually going on in America, the billions of dollars that are being spent no, to destroy. No, Jack, I'm defending you. I'm de- you don't have to you know, defensive. Like, I, have, I have chat It's right. like, you know, no, no, it's, it's, it's so not, it's just a movie. Guys, like, it, if you're, you're stupid if you think it's just a movie. Like, honestly, this is one of the most high-level Democrat operations that's been going on for a long time in our country. 
Um, if you want to know why DEI, if you want to know why all of this political correctness stuff is being done, pushed to the highest level, it's because people get their understanding of the world from Hollywood movies. And if you don't understand the influence they have on our society, then like maybe stop watching think, the show because this is made fair. for smart. No, I, I think it's I think it's I think it's fair. And look, I kept an open mind. I didn't I don't I, I will say that Marjo Robbie, she's Australian, right? I think it's Marjot. She she's she did a good job in Wolf of Wall Street. I thought she was good. Wolf of Wall film. Street's great. That's a great gra- that's a great film. Jack, thank you. Let's get on to the Texas topic here. Blake, what is the latest? There seems to be a big cascading effect on Texas. Well, there's kind of two perspectives. You could either take the perspective that Texas is a brewing constitutional crisis and that's a good thing, or you could take the perspective that Texas is actually a non-crisis and that's also a good thing. Shows savvy. So Big story this week, other than New Hampshire, is Texas has been fighting over whether they should allow 3 million people into the United States every year and an endless flood tide of humanity until they inundate you know, the entire country. Or they could not allow that to happen. And in a sort of strange reversal, the United States government, which is supposed to – like you know, the executive branch is tasked with enforcing the laws of the United States – uh, hence executive comes from execute, you know, carry out. They're taking the perspective that we should not execute these laws and Texas should be flooded. So they sue, uh, they, Texas started to put up barbed wire, razor wire, because the federal government won't do it. And the federal government sued to make sure that the invasion would continue. Uh, our glorious, you know, six justice majority Supreme Court for conservatives, uh, agreed with that, that they can take down the razor wire. <laughs> And so Texas has announced they're going to just keep putting up more razor wire. And initially it did seem that initially it seemed like they were going to like do this stunt of oppose defying the Supreme Court. But if you look closer at the wording of what's going on, there's no Supreme Court to defy. All the Supreme Court did is say that the Biden administration is allowed to take wire down. They don't say anything about what Texas can do. So Texas says we're going to just keep putting up wire. And if we want to. Have- yeah, I think we led on this, though, Blake. Yeah. You know, and I, I will fully acknowledge on our show we were upset with the Supreme Court decision. And then as time went on, we saw what Abbott was doing. And then we reread the decision. We said, wait a second. Hold on. It says the federal government has the ability to come cut wire. It doesn't say that Texas can't put wire. Now, they could still argue this. Oh, obviously, there, this you know, a, if you're there's getting a lot in of the murkiness way, here. It is possible the Biden administration will come in and say that, you know, it's an insurrection to put up razor wire and anyone involved in this has to go to prison <laughs> That's for not what the five to said, 500 though. years. The decision was pretty narrow, though. It's we say decision, yet it's really just like a I don't even know. I can't remember the te- technical term, but they didn't issue a ruling. All that we got was we they there was a injunction placed on the federal government at the circuit court level. And the Supreme Court says, we reverse that injunction. By the way, these four justices, the good ones, say that they would not have reversed the injunction. And that's all we have. We just have one of those brief non-ruling orders. And – but yes, that does mean that there's not really a Supreme Court to defy because the Supreme Court, all they did was reverse an injunction. And so the reason we – you know, people talk about a brewing civil war is Abbott issued a pretty strongly worded letter pointing out – there is a federal government obligation in the constitution to protect the states from invasion. Texas has declared an invasion. There are a lot of laws and for that matter, personnel who could be deployed to halt this invasion. And instead the federal government 
is directly facilitating the invasion and making sure that as many invaders as possible come in. So it's the fact that he's publicly stating this and that several dozen GOP governors at this point have backed him up in saying this. And the big question, of course, is what happens next? Because we have Joaquin Castro, we have Beta O'Rourke. They're saying, well, these guys are in defiance of the federal government, so we need to federalize the National Guard of all of these states, like what we did during the Little Rock crisis 60 years ago, oh gosh, 70 years ago, and you know, forcefully intervene here yes. is what they're all demanding. And it's sort of, it's so reckless. You have this, especially on the far left of the Democrat party, they're really loving the idea of like, let's stoke this crisis as much as possible on behalf of a massively unpopular and illegal mat, like flood invasion into the United States of the entire planet. Yeah. And the question is, will, will Biden send in federal officers, Border Patrol, DHS, to go cut the wire. They have yet to do that. And that could be an optical nuclear bomb, despite what the Supreme Court says. It's almost like, be my guest. And I don't think Texas will get in the way, but I think Texas might put up more wire afterwards because that's where the murkiness comes in. Now, the spirit of the decision, not the text of the decision, Basically, is like, hey, let the federal government determine border policy. That's a that's the it, spirit of it. It's that, well, it's one of those. I was telling you the other day that it's like we have this super hidden constitution, which yes. has you know the zeroth amendment to the constitution is whatever else this says, thou shalt have open borders. No, that that is the that is the prime directive of modern America. Pretty much because we've had these orders like we've had in the past Arizona had that law about 15 years ago to try to curb illegal immigrants in a variety of ways and you'd get these courts that swoop in and say whoa when just by passing a law to discourage illegal immigrants you're imposing on the federal governments like indirectly you're getting in the federal government's obligation they're the ones who enforce immigration law mm-hmm. but then we have all of these sanctuary cities which do enormously disruptive or like unhelpful things to sabotage the enforcement of immigration law. And none of these federal courts ever step in and say, oh, well, you're directly undermining the federal government's ability to enforce its laws. And the Supreme Court has not taken up these cases. Uh, We've had circuit courts strike that down while also striking down. It's no matter what, the courts always end up coming around to, oh, wow, what a weird coincidence. It turns out you're not allowed to have a border. Because the yeah, federal government. So, so Tyler, I want to get you in on this. Um, Tyler was, you know, he didn't chirp in. Get it? Because uh, chirp is a theme here on the on the Barbie thing, and that's fine. Tyler, what are the politics of this? Because I mean, you 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 you've radicalized me on the border over the years. You're seventh generation <laughs> Arizonan. This is a winning issue. It's becoming like the issue. The grassroots are on fire. Swing voters, independents. Talk about the politics of this. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I want to harken back to a law that was passed in, in Arizona that was very controversial at the time. It was uh, at the time Arizona had a supermajority Republicans in the state Senate, and they passed a law called SB 1070. I don't know if you remember this. It was the Support Our Law Enforcement and Safety Neighborhoods <laughs> Act. And this was the... Arizona used to be amazing, man. It was. Oh, we were so good. And, and Senator Russell Pierce, uh, rest in peace, he passed away last year, uh, was the author of it, was the prime sponsor, and it was it was supported by a, a majority of the supermajority in the state legislature here. And this was it made it a crime, a misdemeanor crime, for an illegal alien that gets caught here without any kind of paperwork whatsoever. Uh, it was a crime. It was there was fi- financial crime 
there was they get thrown in jail and uh, ultimately we would send them back to Mexico. And and that was basically aiding ICE with doing its job, right? Because ICE wasn't doing its job at the mm-hmm. time during the Obama administration. The second piece to this was you were you could go to jail if you hired or aided and helped and harbored an illegal alien. And what happened out of that? Remember, it was that time? It was like Gang of Eight time, was time that, period. Was that when Arpaio put all the illegals in pink underwear out into the desert? <laughs> so that's what, so Joe, Joe Arpaio was just did that with criminals, I think. I don't he think he it did was, that with illegals. Illegal so, right? <laughs> so Joe, I'm, I'm laughing because it was just like, it's just crazy. The country like, has changed. For changed the worst. so much. It's like so much different. Arizona used to be this like. But wild. yeah, yeah. Sheriff Joe was putting people out in the desert in pink underwear, but they were they were locking up illegal immigrants and, and illegal aliens, and they were sending them back to Mexico. Which Are you today, serious? which today, like if anybody read this today, they're like, wait, we had that law, and and the Did it get overturned. It got overturned. It went to the Ninth Circuit. It got overturned by Susan Bolton. Yes. And the Susan Bolton uh, went after it, but they they overturned the whole thing. The Obama administration, the DOJ during the Obama administration, went after uh, Sheriff Joe for racial profiling. Remember, because they yes. were it was the stop and frisk, asking for people's papers, and we we saw that everywhere, right? That yes. was where like the Dreamers came from and everything right. else. But I, I bring this up because the time period that you're mentioning, and I'm we're kind of laughing because it's like, oh my gosh, what a country! You the stay. party did not embrace it at that time. Today. I think you would actually get vocal support from the party because the party oh, and a majority of Americans, because people yeah. are going, look at what's happening. It's not, it's, it has nothing to do with Mexican so, immigrants. It has everything to do with people coming, jumping our border from all over the, across the world. Uzbekistan, Kazakhstan. So Tyler, but help me understand the psychology because this is the, the border fight, whether we like it or not, is largely being driven by chamber of commerce people right now. Yep. And I don't think they want it. I just think that it's so popular. It's such in demand and it's such a crisis I mean, Abbott's a nice person. He's a chamber guy. Let's be honest. Totally. He's a chamber. He's better than Bush. He is not a movement conservative, but he's acting like one. How do you explain that? It's kind of like the way that the NRA at times would manage gun laws, right? So, so remember, we've been really, there's been times where conservatives have been really angry with the NRA because they've embraced a worse version of a gun law or a gun bill than what we could have. And and their argument is that they're embracing it in order to manage it. And that's I think that's what you're seeing with like a Governor Abbott. Like we saw in the last few days of Doug Doug Ducey's administration, he was like sticking, you know, these big uh metal containers across the board that they ended up we spent the money on it and they ripped it right out when Katie Hobbs got in there. But they did this in Texas too and Abbott. And this is a lot of like like illegal anti legal immigration cosplay that we see because it's popular, right? Like Governor Abbott, in the entire time that he served, has not really prioritized border. Yeah, no, it's been patty cake. Yeah, and Ducey did this. Ducey ignored it the entire time, and now all of a sudden it gets popular. I think they're managing this because it's popular, and they know that you know, like the SB ten seventies and things like that. Real conservatives will get in, and they're going to start to demand things like this. And then what are they going to do? So, so Jack, I want to get you in on this. You and I, Jack, are on a group chat with somebody we really respect. Please don't say the name, okay? But he's someone we respect. He comes on our shows. He speaks at our events. And he's very worried that what's happening in Texas is going to spark a civil war. And we debated this in the chat. Jack, can you just strongman that argument and why you think it's wrong? Well, so there's 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 a, a couple pieces of it, right? And so we do need to talk about the wider the wider situation of what's going on. So... We have Abbott there obviously saying 
you know, he's not going to back down the Biden administration's pressure. Um, the Supreme Court ruling, I think a lot of people have taken this out of context, and they're saying that the Supreme Court told Texas to take down all the razor wire or that the Biden administration was going to take down all the razor wire. That's that's not actually true. And and Blake went over that earlier. But of course, you have all these other states saying that they're going to support uh, Greg Abbott in his fight. And then, of course, President Trump comes in completely over the top uh, with his truth social post. We had just gotten done talking to Caroline Levitt on Human Events Daily this afternoon, and she had told us that a big truth post was coming out, that Trump was going to come out before Greg Abbott. So we had a little bit of um, a little bit of advance notice on it. But then Trump comes in and says, I order all not order. I welcome or encourage. I think he said all willing states to send their guardsmen to the border and begin the deportations now. He said, just straight up, uh, go down and start deporting them, removing them immediately. Now we have yet to see if anyone's going to take up Trump on that uh, <laughs> on that call. But it's you know certainly more forceful than I think anything anyone has said, at, at least in any of these positions. The, the danger, Charlie, is that some people are taking this and actually calling, going online or going on forums, and they're trying to call for mass, you know, mass attacks on government facilities or mass disobedience, mass civil disobedience. Um, people talking, oh, we need to go kinetic action. We need to act like Antifa. We need to act like BLM. And unfortunately, of course, we are not the BLM people, right? We are not, the, our side is not going to get treated like them. Uh, in Seattle, the city of Seattle just agreed to a $10 million deal to pay the activists, as they call them, the members of Antifa and BLM who were burning down Seattle and set up Chaz in 2020, $10 million because of the police tactics that were used during Chaz. That's how it happens to when the left gets activated and, and does direct action. When the right talks about it, guess what happens? You get put on a watch list. You get put on the no-fly list. You get sent to the gulags down and with the J6ers. So this is a huge danger here is if the Biden administration is able to find people or just at, get people to agitate enough so that they start calling for this kind of uh, civil war type activity, the feds are going to swoop in. And now suddenly this conversation where we're winning opti on the optics of this right, right now very much support Greg Abbott, make sure it's done under the color of law, the invasion clause of the Constitution, that's all perfect. But the minute the people start going, oh, patriots need to activate, and there's like some people are holding rallies and doing truck, uh, there's like a truck convoy that's going through. That's the exact time kind of thing that the feds are going to infiltrate, and they're going to use this to go after you. They're going to go after your bank account. They're going to go after your social media accounts. They're going to go after your personal freedom. They're going to use it to um, you know, censor the internet more. And oh, by the way, this validates their entire central thesis of Joe, why Joe Biden is running to say, we need to stop MAGA extremism. Guess what? He's going to make you the MAGA extremist. He's going to make you the insurrectionist, or God forbid. And and we'll just say it because we we know they've tried to do this already. You know, let's say some some illegal immigrant gets shot or gets killed, or as we saw last week, drowns, and then they blame it on Greg Abbott. They say this is your fault, you white male Christian governor. Just you did this, and they're going to turn them that guy into the next George Floyd. Yeah, so they want Jorge Floyd is what they want, right? So they want to try exactly. to have, um, they want to try to have a you know young man you know that is trying to come into the country, you know five or six years old get drowning, and they say, oh my goodness, look at this, and then they try to make it go viral, and it's because of the open borders. They just okay? have all they'll have these professional 
photographers with HD cameras. There was a thing last summer that was like this New York Post had like this mother and child are crawling through razor wire on the border. And thank goodness there was this professional reporter with an HD camera right there to photograph the entire thing the whole time. It was they, so weird. They do this stuff. It's sick. It's diseased what these people yeah, do. Yeah, and so, so just I want to be very clear, though, that they are the ones – and I, I want to be – if any of you guys – I got an email here from somebody, and I thought it was a Fed. And they said, hey, Charlie, Probably why don't we is. have a caravan down to the border with our weapons? I just responded to Fed. <laughs> I was just, with our weapons? No, I just responded. They actually said – Yeah, I said – I responded Fed. Hey, guys, we got to go in there. And I, I said, stop Fed posting, okay? <laughs> I just – this is – Hey, we need to break a window. Don't take the Fed bait, folks. But, but our problems are in there. <laughs> tomorrow, we need to go tomorrow, into Mexico. Yeah, we're going to go – and we're going to bring Jorge and bring Juan and bring Hector – with us enough okay let's remember <laughs> when there is an issue that is not going in their direction in election years they need a psyop george <laughs> floyd was a psyop and even blake will agree i'm not saying that the actual incident was but the all-in platforming and overemphasis on that incident which by the way there's a lot more to that incident than people would ever oh my gosh a lot more in fact, it's more and more clear that George Floyd was not murdered and he was either drug overdosed or there was something else regarding it, right? Around that. Derek Chauvin did nothing Charlie, wrong. Charlie. Yes. Well, are, are you seeing that? So on Wikipedia right now, Still Boneless is watching and sent this in. If you go to the Wikipedia article for, they call it the standoff at Eagle Pass. You guys got to pull this up. The standoff at Eagle Pass. They're already describing it on Wikipedia. Left-wing platform. As, as if it's some kind of battle. They're listing the governors on one side. They're listing uh, Biden on the other. And it already says casualties and losses, three migrants drowned. This is on the official Wikipedia page right now, already referring to this as essentially some kind of skirmish. And they're saying there's already been three deaths of migrants. So look in, at that. In addition, I, ju I just want I just want everyone to know this, okay, that they're losing on the border, and so they're trying to create an op. Now, what does that mean? It could either be feds or it could be fed-adjacent people. It could be left-wingers masquerading as conservatives who are going to try to make you do something uncharacteristic, like, oh, go get your weapons and go down to the border. Don't do that, okay? Don't. We're, we're, the, the proper way to do this is to follow the law, to bring down the temperature. The solution is not... All of a sudden, you get your pickup truck with an AR-15. You take this into your own hands, okay? And to be clear, Texas National Guard denies the story. And let me tell you what the cartel does. This is a true story, and I heard this from two separate Border Patrol agents. The cartel will throw a three-year-old in the river. And do you know what Texas National Guard and Border Patrol does? They go out of their way. They mobilize everyone to go save the three-year-old in the river that's drowning. Do you know what that does? It creates a diversionary effect, and then the Reasonable. gotaways hundreds of yards away, scatter into the country. That's what's happening on the border. The cartel is throwing kids into the Rio Grande River on a daily basis. And we don't even, those are the gotaways that don't get Expedia flights to Chicago. These are the real bad hombres. Real bad guys. Yeah. And, and I mean, Blake, what I, what I think is important, the layers to the border story is so horrific. The more the American people learn about this, the more just their stomach just, you know, the pit in their stomach worsens. What I think, even accepting that, what really messes, or not, I don't want to say mess, what I find most appalling, the cartels are super awful and they do tons of terrible things. But 
what I think people really can't comprehend. They can comprehend cartels, smuggling, doing all of that bad stuff. What people can't get their heads around is how much fake crap is built into our supposed immigration system in order to ensure the end result of de facto open borders. What I think stands out the most about that is the complete legal fiction that we have around the idea of like these, you know, their day in court, these immigration hearings. So the system we have right now, like why are they getting released in? Well, they arrive and they're given a script. Uh, all of them are trained in this by NGOs who go to Mexico to help them with this, like legal, you know, legal advisors. They have lawyers who advise them. And these lawyers tell them, well, you're more likely to get an asylum hearing if you have, you know, one of these 10 things that you can claim. So claim that you are fleeing political persecution. Claim that you are LGBTQIA+. So who, wrote these, who wrote this criteria? I'm not saying is it's it, a literal list. Is it that, international like, humanitarian stuff or is this American law? Uh, I think – did like As Congress in, ever vote on this stuff? It's a lot of it's bureaucratic production. Yeah, so we got to get rid of all know, this. Stuff. We're allowed to have if we win in November, Trump's got to rewrite all this. Yeah, crap. like we're allowed to have. You know, we have a process for giving people asylum, and the government has been creating this process. So what they do is, you know, if you have any of these following things that anyone can just make up, you claim you're seeking asylum, and then they're like, "Well, we have to adjudicate this." So here's your, you know, we'll give you this, and then we're going to give you an immigration hearing date later. Yeah. And, you know, you can just come into the country and, you know, we have to let you work and support yourself while you wait for your asylum hearing. And the average wait for an asylum hearing in many jurisdictions is like minimum three years. Some people are getting dates five, even ten years in the future. That is, you have been allowed into America amnesty. Because if you don't even show up at that hearing, what happens? Nothing right now. They, they don't, ICE they doesn't don't, – Yeah, they don't call ICE and say go get Jorge Ramos. They don't call ICE on anyone. As Biden said, he only wants ICE to go after people who are felons. And by the way, you know, drunk driving is not a felony as he said even though it kills thousands of people a year. But you know, who cares about a crime that is disproportionately committed by illegal immigrants and by this, the way. This is why they hated SB 1070, right? Because this was the thing. If the local law enforcement agencies are emboldened or empowered to basically be able to round up illegals – and bring them back to the border and then give them to, like to the front because they were just dropping them off at ICE and saying, okay, here you go. And then ICE was like in the Obama administration at this at this time, they were like, oh, my gosh, now what do we have to do? But this is the point is anything that gets passed in any state, these deep red states have every ability and every right to pass laws so that when that happens, they can pick them up off the street. And they just would refuse to do it because of the jurisprudence. That's it, it's been so evil what they do. Because think about how much this is the opposite of things the left cares about. So, for example, uh, what we talked about last week, civil rights law. Civil rights law works through distributed, decentralized enforcement. Yes. Anyone can sue you for supposedly violating a federal civil rights and law. Deploy the EEOC and we'll, on and But even if they don't, the courts can just do this and impose a huge penalty on you and you never actually need the police involved at all. Like we don't need a police agency to enforce civil rights laws. Whereas with immigration, imagine if we just had a system where, oh, anyone who has been harmed by you assisting illegals. So for example, any private citizen should be able to sue a company that employs illegal immigrants for just the general harm of you employ illegal immigrants, you're not employing Americans. You should be sued for that. And by the way, any red state, I believe, could pass this. I don't think federal governments have uh, barred this. And you could easily make it so any private actor could essentially enforce immigration law. And if we cared about it, local police and state police 
would be both allowed and incentivized to locate illegal immigrants and have them brought in to be deported. That's what we would do if we cared about our yeah. laws. Instead, we deliberately have set up a system that is intentionally confusing, inefficient, and fraudulent to get the maximum number of illegals here for what is essentially like a treasonous enabling of a foreign incursion that, into that the U.S. That is the prime directive. Bring the in prime many, directive. Bring in as many foreigners as quickly as possible, period. Totally. Europe is and, a good example of this too. Oh, I'll let Jack go. No, I was going to say the word you use right there. I mean, when you have an invasion of the country, which is something that uh, obviously early on the founders were very worried about this because the United States was surrounded by multiple empires. The French empire was right there. The Spanish empire was just to the south. Um, the British empire was still kind of, you know, was, was to the north in Canada. And so this idea of empires coming and invading the states was very real um, and also the idea of transnational organizations, there were smugglers back in those days, transnational organizations. So the cartels of today are just part of a long line. I mean, these things existed, right? Criminals existed, obviously, uh, back at the time of the founding as well. These aren't new institutions, you know, just because we had different words for them doesn't mean that the Constitution doesn't apply to these cases. And these were obvious worries at the time of the founding because of the weak, relatively weak nature of the country. Um, and so... This idea that, um, you know, the states don't have the right to self, self-defense, self that they don't have the right to prevent invasion. And just in the sense that any president, any guy I was talking to, uh, Tiny Tay and I were having dinner right before this. Um, you know, I usually, you know, I'll go home and then come back to the studio for this. And and she goes, how could how can a government allow something like this? How could any government just allow this and then fight someone who is like a local person who was trying to stop it. It's it's the opposite of what a government is supposed to be doing. Yeah. And and the word for that actually is treason. It's literal treason. Like, there's, there isn't any other word for what, if, if there's an invasion of your country and you're the side of the invaders, you're obviously committing treason. Yes, and, it, and, and Andrew makes a great point. In the 1800s, if Texas got invaded, it could take 30 days minimum, maybe 90 days for news to get all the way back to Washington, D.C. and then back to declare you know, yourself your own sovereignty, states needed to be empowered to repel an invasion. Yeah. And by every possible criteria, what is happening on the southern border is an invasion. And something that, and I told this to Speaker Johnson over the weekend, we had a very uh, spirited conversation, and we'll see what happens. I don't know if it's going to make any impact or not. But I told him, I said, one of the things that we're not doing a good enough job of is we we are not talking about how this is a sophisticated strategic planned out mm-hmm. operation this mm-hmm. is not just a bunch of you know the people think when people say well it's chaos on the border mm-hmm. well sort of i, I it's actually not this is like with it's milit- fake it's like kabuki theater it's fake chaos yes it is the chaos is that biden can't get them in quick enough and and so what people must understand we said we talked about this on the show and todd bensman to his credit said this on steve bannon's program he said that biden really hated the images uh, under the underpass. Remember that where there was like 55,000 people? So Biden personally got upset about that. So did Corrine Jean-Pierre. So they said, hey, listen, the problem is not that they're all coming. The problem is that people see them in these masses. And then Border Patrol and DHS said, well, let me, you know, President Biden or whoever is calling Ron Klain, let me tell you why these are there. It's because we're doing DNA testing and we run them through a background check and call their country of origin and say, hey, you know, I got this guy, Mohammed, you know, Saloon from Kazakhstan and the Kazakhstani embassy be like, oh, yo, you have that guy? He murdered six people a year ago. Don't let him in. 
And then, so that's what's creating the lit, the line, because they say, wait here when I figure out who you are. Yeah. And they don't do that at all anymore yeah. because Biden doesn't want the line. Because, and think about, because it could I be want so you to easy. Think how insane that is. We're talking about 10,000 people a day cross the border. Yes. Think about how many things have 10,000 people with no big deal. TSA yeah. lines at Houston or whatever. But in, I'm not even saying yeah. you should let them into the country. I'm saying that if you were to do it, then like there's even a, like, There are individual like metro stations in New York that handle 10,000 people an hour. I I just want people to understand that not only do we have open borders, the way they're doing open borders is so treasonous. It's so cruel. And I don't think we're making that argument good enough. So the cartel is piping these people in. They're not even doing DNA tests. So there's some guy that comes up and he's like, yeah, this is my daughter. And she's 12 years old. And they don't even do. In 90 seconds, in 90 seconds, you can go swab, swab. Is there similar DNA? 90 well, seconds. Charlie, there are, there are non-traditional families now, and they're coming to the border to seek <laughs> asylum from yeah, countries that no, won't accept them. Yeah, non-traditional, such as like sex slaves and kidnapping. Oh, that's just a different way of life, Charlie. Yeah. Now, well, you know, the different. Biden administration stopped the DNA testing. That's what I'm saying, though, because of the lines, think, though. Think about that. They, they stopped. There is a modern North American slave trade occurring on the southern border. And we're lectured about slavery all the time. And a single thing, it doesn't stop it, but it's just it's I think it's just worse than humane. a slavery. What? I, I think it's even worse than that because, like, don't forget the Sound of Freedom, man. Uh, there is a scene in there. So keep in mind, Sound of Freedom was made um, in the midst of the Trump administration. So the, the only scene where you see the border is they're sort of like driving across. And this is a child sex trafficking organization. Now... Uh, the child sex traffickers don't need to worry about that because that's where they got caught. Of course, they ju- they just send and they're doing these things like you just mentioned. They'll throw someone in the river. They'll bring someone up across the border in other ways. Um, they don't have to worry about the DNA testing. So the Trump administration had put all of these policies in place to stop the child sex traffickers. But now the child sex traffickers are having an absolute bonanza because not only do they get the kids up and then get to sell them, they can just rape them on the on the way while they're going across as well. So. So when you're seeing these children come across, you have to understand, particularly the little girls, sometimes little boys as well, though. And this is obviously what everybody remembers. Um, President Trump's first interview when he was running for office all the way back in 2015 was with Don Lemon specifically talking about this issue, about women and young girls being raped no, right. while they were being brought across the border. And Don Lemon's like, oh, well, those are women are, you know, they're just victims. You can't say that. You got to uh, get that traffickers are one of the greatest clips in Trump and, history. And it's somebody's the doing the raping. Trump. Trump. Somebody's, somebody's doing, doing the raping. Is doing the raping. <laughs> somebody's doing the raping. So, <laughs> and so yes, there are rapists I, that are on the border that are exploiting I, I, these I wanna, women and yeah. these policies. Well, I, I want to just close this point, though, to educate the audience on this because it's super wonky. So that for for the first portion of the Biden administration's term, they were still running the border somewhat through trump protocol not totally largely without knowing it because they're really sometimes lazy. under court order yes like and with- they're also just lazy right and so they just didn't know it and so all of a sudden all these crowds because they say okay the borders are open these crowds because they got they did get rid of remain in mexico they got rid of the p- pandemic stuff they got rid of all of it and so remember that bill malusion thing it went so viral it was every network and they said look at this underpass and then the Biden administration said, let them all in as quickly as possible. And so we have no idea who they are. We don't know where they go. They're on the interior of the country. Blake, you were going to make a point. Well, so we've focused a lot on obviously all the duplicity, treachery, treason, if you want to say that, at the border. I, I agree with what they're doing. But remember what prompted this. You know, Our title here is Civil War Texas style. We're having this showdown at the border. 
So I think we should explore the topic of, okay, if, if this is a showdown that's going forward, what should conservatives or really what should people who believe in America being a country, what should we do? How do we tactically approach this? Because we were saying, you know, do you dare them to have the bad visual? I kind of want to just make an analogy. Uh, so the United States Civil War, you know, it opens with that crisis over Fort Sumter where the South shells Fort Sumter. Yes. And what's not well known is there's this elaborate political game that goes into Fort Sumter before it happens because Fort Sumter is a Union fort in Southern Territory. The South is saying, get out. We've seceded. Lincoln says, I'm not going to get out. But how do you do that? Well, Lincoln goes into this crisis and he's absolutely can't be the one who shoots first. We're not going to be the ones who shoot first. They have to be the ones who shoot first. And he knows this. He's like, these guys are Southerners. They've you know, they've got this kind of cavalier culture, this honor culture. They won't be able to handle this and they'll do something stupid. And so what he announces is, I'm going to send food to Fort Sumter. And he just he kind of provokes Jeff Davis or the locals in Charleston to shoot at Fort Sumter. And then he's able to say they shot first. I just recite this not to talk about that civil war, but the idea of in any of these political showdown crises, there's sort of this game of escalation. And how do you make sure the crisis keeps going without you be like losing it, but without you going too far? So we have to think, what do we want Abbott? What do we want congressional Republicans to do so that as far as this political crisis goes, we, you know, achieve what we want of either making them change the policy at the border or making sure that if they don't, that the public is on our side and this produces, you know, an election result, which we can then use to fix the border. Somebody so the, the main thing that you, you yeah. don't want, this, I was just going to say the main thing you don't want this to become is like we were just saying, you don't want this to escalate into a civil war. You don't want this to escalate in something. You do want those optics. You want the optics of the Biden administration trying to send people down to open our border. You want the optics of uh, people that are that are you know stuck on one side and can't get across, right? These are the optics that are very damaging for the Biden administration. But if you if this becomes something else, if this becomes something that's larger um, and gets away from the talking about the invasion and the fact that there is an invasion and fighting the invasion or you know showing that one guy is on the side of the invasion, then you you get into a very very big problem. And so this is obviously Charlie. This is what our mutual friend was talking about that uh, there's there's an acceleration play here where people want to just step on the gas pedal and like, you know, bomb Fort Sumter and just go for it. And it's like, guys, no, 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 no. That's the exact opposite of what we want to be doing right now. An idea we had yes. a few days ago that you, you stated on the show. Him. I said it to him on the phone. Yeah, well, we should say I it here so people will minutes. pressure him. He was receptive, but so this was we're talking about Speaker, Speaker of the Johnson. House, Johnson. Yep. And the idea is we were saying, guys, you if we're going to have a shutdown, which they chose not to have a shutdown, but the communication should be the border thing is a huge like existential crisis yes, for America it, yes. that the Biden administration is deliberately ignoring. So what you told Johnson was literally go to the border, take as many Republicans as will go with you and set up shop on the border, set up a tent, yes. sleep, sleeping bags and say, this is where the crisis is. Come here to negotiate with me. Yes. And and, have a, and by the way, have like a big war tent. You know how like in like wartime, yeah, they like, sign like with little pins. You know what map. I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you know, in Game of Thrones, they always like sign the <laughs> settlements, like the two clans they meet in like a big tent. 
You know, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Genghis Khan goes or Alexander the Great. You have, you pitch like a big, you'd be like, this is where we negotiate, Chuck U. Schumer. You want to reopen the government, you got to come down to Eagle Pass. Yeah, just come to Eagle Pass. And Trump, and Trump, Trump should be there too. where the crisis is and lay out, you know, every day you can still be like, do viral, do TikTok videos if you need to. Yes. Where you're saying, this is what's happening on the border every day. Do interviews with people, you know, journalists or Border Patrol people yes. speaking in, or you could probably get actual Border Patrol. You're with the government. Describe what is happening, videotape what is happening, and then lay out, you know, this is what Republicans want to do, which is secure the border, do you know, XYZ thing, and this is what the Biden administration is doing right now. This is why it's a crisis. Yes. And they're complaining about shutting down the government. At the border, they have already shut down the government and that That's they are right. refusing to do it, our it, laws. A, and I said this on the phone, I'll say it again. It, it is one of the great PR victories you're not taking. The entire country is turning against the Democrats on the Biden uh, the border issue, and you have an opportunity. By the way, the media would fall for the trap because they would they would send all their crews down to the speaker because when you shut down the government, they want to get comment, they want to get comment, they want to get comment, right? And all of these reporters come out, and you shut down the government. You say, "Meet me in Eagle Pass." I mean, that would be that that it would be. It would, imagine the the shots. Imagine the videos tape every day. Speaker Johns could say, "Hey." I will reopen the government. Let's just sit down and negotiate here in Eagle Pass. And it's I'm so not- perfect because as long as he's there, they can't spin the shutdown as really being about anything else, which they'll always do. That's, where, the, that's you know, what's – They're like, leaving these social security oh, no, people starving. The troops, yeah. sorry, which, which is not true. But, you know, and instead it would say, no, actually, I'm and, – and he has to he has to gut it out. He has to literally just sleep in the tent. And you would be known as the speaker who went all in. I mean, Tyler, would the base not just like – I mean, by the way, if Republicans want to fix their fundraising problem, he would raise like $10 million overnight. And not that's not why you Sell do it. Sell RNC-branded tent camping gear? No, I mean, but all – I mean, seriously, I mean – We could send him my pillows. <laughs> but I, I think what we're getting at, though, is we are yearning – and this is why Trump is doing well. We're yearning for a symbol of a fighter. And this would be more than symbolic if we believe the board – and by the way, Speaker Johnson, on my conversation with him, acknowledged to his credit – there's nothing more important than the border, and we'll see if he believes it, right? But he said this. There's nothing more important than the border. The border is the existential crisis. It is the biggest humanitarian thing ever. And, he, and I said, but I think you miss, I, I think he missed the opportunity here. We shall see. We shall see. I want to tell you about one of our partners. Tyler, you have a uh, thought here? I, I was just going to say just one thing, too. And this is really important, too, because it's not just the illegal immigration that's happening. It's the legal you know, migration. Yes. The guests were. I had a family member that was uh, had a violent crime committed against her at, at a way earlier part of life, a long time ago. It was committed by someone that was abuser of the migrant worker, the H two A visa program, which no one wants to touch. Which no one wants to touch. And, and even and, and again, I'm not going to be critical, uh, super critical of the Trump administration. It got started in the Reagan administration. It ballooned in the Trump administration. Mm-hmm. It went from seventy thousand a year illegal to processed over three hundred fifty thousand a year. That's that's crazy. And we're not even talking about that. I mean, that's a that's a surge that's crazy. That's probably gone up even since 2022. So anyways, I that's like there's so much to be handled. I hope that that's one of the things Trump gets back in and realizes that H1B, H2B, J1, all that the stuff. H2A, get rid of it. But the it's H2A visas, because those are over. Those are 300,000 people a year that they're using that as a vehicle just to get into the country through, quote unquote, legal means. And you'll never see him again. You'll never see him again. They'll commit violent crimes. You can never get him. You can never get him back. Tyler, I want you to prove just last week I mentioned this. When you had COVID, did ivermectin not save your life? Ivermectin. 
I would had tw- for twelve. Blake is cringing. No, this is true, Blake. <laughs> You're, I the would, chat's gonna I hate would, you. I would just hold that you. The chat needs to set your straight. odds of of recovery were high, thankfully, because COVID is not no, a very strong. No, he was disease. dying. It was a cause and effect. I had I had twelve if straight had, days. If Blake, you had you died, my story. You would be one of the youngest people to have died listen, of COVID listen, for real. Listen who, like, to his wasn't story. a weird. No, my story. I had twelve straight days. I had a hundred and six degree fever. For two days, I started taking medicine. My on Tylenol and Advil going back and forth. I was still at a 104 he, for were, 12 straight days. I thought a, I was going to die, Blake. And then ivermectin arrived. And then I, got, I arranged for it. Yeah. I got a drop of ivermectin and I took it. Next day, I'm good. I'm not kidding. Okay. I was perfect. I, mean, I could, I was, I could walk up. Like I couldn't move. Be- I mentioned this because. I'm, I'm telling you, ivermectin can work for you. I saw it save Tyler's life. There crazy. would be no ballot chasing. There would be no turning point action. I'll I'll say is I thought I was gonna die. There's no evidence ivermectin is harmful. So if you want to take it, go for it. I just like I don't think it's you're a miracle. Sitting next cure. to a guy who was at a hundred and said I went. I didn't even know I was sick because my my wife we got COVID. We tested. We're like ha ha ha. This is so funny. I come inside. I'm sorry. I feel like I feel a little hot. Took my temperature. 106.2 <laughs> degrees. Literally, you but, die but, after but like guys, two days of wait, wait. Okay, but if you want to get ivermectin so, for your family. How do you get this? How do you get this stuff? slash CJ. If you guys, you eight life-saving medications, including amoxicillin, z pack which we're going to talk about z packs and antibiotics in a little while. Ivermectin would save Tyler's life. It's not a joke. So you can rest knowing that there are emergency meds on hand, along with a guidebook for safe use. From tick bites to COVID to extreme bioterror events, every scenario is covered. Go to twc.health slash CJ, and uh, that is for Charlie and Jack. So it's twc.health slash CJ. It's a great investment. There's some nasty stuff going on. People are getting hospitalized over respiratory stuff. It is a nasty season out there, and it's good to have the stuff uh, in case you need it. Uh, yes, and Tyler, will you attest further? I thought I was going to have renal failure from all the Tylenol I was taking. No, seriously, I could feel it. And if I would have taken ivermectin, I think on day one, I probably would have yes. saved my kidneys. I'm probably going to die uh, early because I'm going to have kidney failure because during ivermectin, which was yes. probably biobond, destroys your kidneys. Yeah, all, totally. Yes. All I'll say is. I felt it. It was like I, I, it hurt and for you're like back. months. I, yeah. I, was, I ha- also had COVID. I had a fever of 104, 104.5. Wow, it was pretty high. And I felt really terrible. And several people said, Blake, you need to take ivermectin. It's the miracle cure. And I said, I'm good. And you know what? The next day, I also felt completely better. So, you know, there's different you know, outcomes to this. But if people want to get it, like I said, there's no evidence it's harmful. So if you want to take it, it's it's harmless. We were really worried about Tyler. It was two weeks and all of a sudden Tyler sent a message and he was like, hey, I'm really worried I'm not good. And (laughs) I I was like, okay, mobilize some. I remember this. It was not not a joke. And I was like, this is really bad. It was two weeks. I remember Tyler said, quote, I'm going to declare war against China over this. Remember? (laughs) Yeah. He said, I'm invading China. I was really weird that that Tyler wouldn't be able to take part in our insurrection that we were, of course, planning. Jack, this was after (laughs) all of that. Oh, this was after? uh, No, it was the other. The other. Yeah. I don't know what you're talking about. TWC.health slash CJ. That is TWC.health slash CJ. CJ have some on hand guys I'm telling you right now if you're gonna end up you'll and that was the thing I didn't I wasn't like short of breath or anything I just kept taking my I took my temperature I didn't even know if I bet a bunch of people a lot of old people died because 
they just didn't even know anything was wrong with them. And they had a, a crazy high temperature for multiple days and died. And if it would have taken ivermectin, they probably wouldn't be fine. All right, let's get to the next topic here, which I will lead on because I think I've been the the you guys all played except Andrew needed a week off. Poor Andrew. Andrew was the beginning of the clip. Andrew had people that were texting. I can't imagine. I can't imagine Andrew's phone this week of people that had no idea he was involved in politics and he was getting emails and phone calls and text messages. I thought you were a good person, Andrew. You live in Santa Barbara. Andrew, how dare you? Our kids can't play (laughs) together anymore. And so just by, we'll get this. So just so everyone knows, this program, Thought Crime, I think was the most talked about internet show of the week, right? 20 million uh, views. Yeah. Easy. A- Andrew's Easy. face everywhere. 20 million. <laughs> by the way, not only that, we had the number one live stream in the country back on Tuesday evening for the New Hampshire primary. And again, I didn't say anything controversial. It really isn't because the, what I was saying was completely true. However, it wasn't the whole point I was making. If you listen carefully, the point I was making is that DEI creates unwholesome thoughts. Yeah. Not that I like those thoughts. Not that I, I think everyone knew. The everyone knows you have to intentionally act yeah, stupid. No, but like that was the, the point I was making is not a controversial one. Is I said DEI actually makes us worse people, and then it makes you look the world through a hyper racialized lens, and it makes you ask things you otherwise wouldn't ask. Now I got tons of backup and private encouragement, and more than almost anything in a long time, and it hasn't phased me. And I just want to thank Jordan Peterson. I want to thank Matt Walsh. I want to thank Tim Poole. I want to thank Candace Owens. I won't forget it. You guys unprompted. Came to my defense, and there was a, a, a Ali B. Stucky. And viewers like you. And viewers like you. <laughs> and so I will, uh, let's play the tape here, but I want to just be clear. I, I don't even, we'll play all three tapes. The, the, these Krasenstein brothers, who are these crooks? I mean, I just, I don't understand. They are liars. So they're, so it, the, those guys, like, and, and they, uh, they just kind of play a role on, on Twitter that I think is necessary for, you know, or not necessary, but I guess there's a, a demand for, right? That they play the left wing troll. Just they uh, like sort of me. they they just they just right, right, right. But what I'm saying is no matter what happens, they will take the most extreme left wing position and then they use that to try to go viral on on Twitter or on X, whatever it is. So it does they don't even necessarily like personally believe any of the stuff. They're just trying to get the left and the resistance to retweet them. They used to sell books like children's books about Robert Mueller and stuff with like his shirt off. It was really weird. All right, let's play cut 81, please. So you guys piggybacked off of me because you knew what I was saying, because what I was saying is that DEI creates and fosters sinful, unwholesome thought patterns, because when they say we're going to hire people based on race and not competency, and so you start to just say, you know, what, what's going on here? Blake, you're part of this. This has gone so viral. It's it's 20, like I said, 20, 22 million people have seen it on. It's on it's what alone. I said at the end. This is the reality the left has created that they craved. They want a reality in which your skin color matters yes. for getting hired, for getting jobs, and so the natural re- reaction you have if you have a brain is, 
well, if they're getting hired based on race, then they're not getting hired based on ability. And if they're preferring one race, that race will need less ability. So if I have them in a job, they will have a higher likelihood of not being qualified for it. And it this just, is which and the inverse basic is logical also reasoning. true that right. The inverse is also true then if you see a white male, like I was saying, you know, with a guy like the name of John Smith, you know, yeah. or uh, you know, you know, Andrew or or Chad or or Charlie or Blake or Tyler, right? Then the only way that that person could have got there is through extreme merit. Yeah, and so I just I want to make sure the point that I was making is everybody missed it is that DEI creates worse people and it creates a generation or a country to think in a way that we otherwise would not have thought or that I never would have had that thought growing up. But when you prioritize the hiring of race and your life is in suspension at 35,000 feet, you say, boy, I hope he's qualified. We, I, you, I hope that's not a diversity hire. You can instantly imagine this. If you just think, what did we have in the past, you know, hundreds of years ago in Europe? Well, you had social classes of like nobility and commoners and such. And you can read old stories where, oh, well, you know, this guy only got this job because he's from an elite family of nobles or whatever. And that's why they're hired for this. And oh, shocker, you know, if you're drawing from a pool that's smaller and gets preferential political treatment, they're less qualified for things. And we're kind of just creating new noble classes today or a new caste system, if you want, where, yeah, if you give rank ordering to how good people are based on what their sex is, what their sexual orientation is, what their race is, and certain people who have the right combination of factors are vastly preferred for every job, every promotion, every uh, application slot at a university, then, yeah, anyone who has a brain, which apparently excludes a lot of liberals – We'll notice what pattern that creates. Yes. And this will then flow into our next topic, which is the only thing you can do in response to this, because the logical reasoning is airtight and so obvious, is they just actually have to have a psychotic break. Like they have people were having mental breakdowns about this on Twitter, which is why we're it's very so bluntly good. going to bully it's one so specific person. We will. But I just want to finish with this, which is it hasn't phased me at all. I have been blown away and encouraged by all of your support. And honestly, just kind of the people of the conservative movement, some who I talk to, some who I don't talk to, completely unprompted, getting into the arena and defending me. I'm told a lot of people attacked me as well. I don't care about that. That happens every single day. Um, but what I said was true. And Matt Walsh did a whole video on it. Candace Owens did a whole podcast on it. Jordan Peterson set out a bunch of tweets on it, which was very encouraging. It means a lot to me. Because what I said was 100% true and the essence, which everybody missed, is how DEI influences thought patterns and actually creates more racial resentment, not healing and unity. Well, With that, Tyler, you have a final thought well, on that? I was, I was just going to say this. After your stuff came out, I started just like researching articles and things like that. There was an article that actually was released last year uh, about oh, it was how racial diversity in TV commercials backfires. And it was on this topic, which is exactly the same line of the point you were making, which is and, and who, who better than to look at the commercial, the marketers, the, yes. the marketing agencies who have backed away from DEI because they realize that it's not genuine. So immediately after George it's Floyd. so forced. And they, they started. And, and the, Does and it the, create more racism the, is what they're saying? The research that's, is that people actually resent the black 
actors that were included in the in the uh, commercials that they were included in. So you're exactly right. That the yes. point that you're making is that you're actually increasing everyone. All the left completely missed it, right? They com- they acted as if I'd never fly in a plane with a black pilot. Well, okay? this is a study that's done Which by lib- libs that run that are trying to make money off commercials. They're like, oh yeah, you get actual increased resentment from consumers when you when you just stick in a black guy in a commercial just because of DEI. That's such a great point. And you know, people said, oh my goodness, this is the most racist thing I ever heard. And I said, wait a second. If all of a sudden the pilot said, you know, yeah, I had 30 years in the Air Force and I won all these awards, I'd say, great, take me away, bombs away. But however, we're seeing that they're hiring. Every time, right, Blake, every time affirmative action is implemented, what do we find? You have to lower standards. Every If you didn't have to lower standards, you wouldn't be doing this. Yes. I I have a good analogy. One time I went and visited Europe and I hung out with a guy that was a senator of the Romanian parliament. I was the American... I was like the the guy the American in the group, and they just brought me along because I was an American, and so they thought it was funny because I was an American just to have me in the group. But the entire group resented me. They, I was just like a a token American friend that was there. Nobody actually wanted to hang out with me. Nobody talked to me. Everybody looked at me in that party and went, "Oh, that guy's just here because he's because he's like the token American like comedic relief like for this group." it's the same way like if you were hosting a party and you brought somebody in that was just there just because everyone not knowing that person would be like why is this person here as part of this party it's forced it's forced it's resentment and it's like the commercial thing is that people people always will point that out and you're thinking about that more than the actual activity of life yes it creates more racial consciousness which we want less of so whether it's like you're flying on a plane or you're going to a party when it's when you're watching a commercial whatever it might be if it's not genuine, then people are going to focus on that. And if you're focusing on skin color because that you don't understand why that person's there, it's like out of the matrix, then you're going to have problems. You're going to have, you're going to have intrinsic racism. Blake, let's get to the final topic here. Uh, well, so we have a kind of follow up thing okay. on this that yes. there's, we mentioned a lot of people, we want to get into the aftermath of, you know, what we said here and, what happened is, like I said, people online just totally lost their minds over this. And when I say lost their minds, I mean like pointing, sputtering, crying, vomiting, pooping themselves, you know, pulling the poop out of their pants, smearing it on their faces, screaming at the mirror. Uh, one of the people doing this was a fellow uh, Jack is also very familiar with. His name is Will Stancil. Yes, yeah, see, I'm, I'm unfamiliar and uninitiated. Will with this Stancil, whole topic. he's got about <laughs> 70,000 Twitter followers. He is a liberal. Uh, you can put him on screen 162. He's, you know, he's got what we might call an IPA bod. I don't know that he's ever done, you know, a bench press or other. He weight. also has a low vitamin D level. Yeah, he doesn't have, you know, not the best physical expression of the genes within his body. And he's a kind of left wing stats guy, except really far left people hate him because he does all these posts on Twitter about how Biden's economy is great. Everyone loves it. And I think he's pro Israel. And so he's, you know, made the really big Gaza nutty people mad. But he also just came totally unglued about this entire stuff with DEI and pilots. And one guy who was defending us was you know, a guy we've had on the show, Steve Saylor. He's written a lot about the pilot stuff. And we also discussed his thing about drowning last week. And he got in this running battle with everyone. And you know, Jack can elaborate on this, but he essentially just had a he's for about two days, he's been on Twitter all day. Just, I think it's probably still going, actually. It's still going. He's tweeted probably like 100 plus times, I'd say. 
and just this, saying um, things. I, I actually finished. I think I finished our last episode saying. I think I, I said it very quickly, but I said, you know, shout out to Steve Saylor, the the Godfather of thought crime. And you know, we had been discussing his drowning article, and you know, we we sort of always talk about you know these various things and DEI mm-hmm. and everything. And so that you know, I just kind of said shout out to the Godfather of thought crime. Little did I know that um, so Charlie, this guy Will Stansel basically had been commenting on the clip that went viral, loses his mind over it. And then Sailor pops in. I, I don't know if he watched our full episode and saw the shout out, but has just been pummeling these people with stats and facts and figures and studies and real world empirical examples of all of the things that we've been talking about. And it's it's quite literally just, I mean, this, this guy, Will Stansel, I... I think his brains are going to start seeping out of his nostrils at some point here. His head, his head might actually physically explode. And so some of the stuff that's hilarious, like 158, he's like, let me be clear. If you follow or respect Steve Saylor, unfollow me and block me. He is an unreconstructed racist creep. And I hope he's miserable every second of his worthless life. Words do not exist to express the depths of my contempt for this oozing pustule of a human being. And that one, that's part of his obsession that Steve Saylor is this extremely miserable person, which I've met Steve Saylor. Other people have met Steve Saylor. You've met Steve Saylor. He's essentially like your, your genial uncle, a genial dad kind of guy. He likes golf. He likes baseball. He likes blogging about stuff on the internet. He's a pretty cheerful dude. He does not exude misery, whereas Will Stansel definitely exudes it. And the reason we've had on the bottom of the screen here, Hick Libs, it's because of this tweet, which he just, he perfectly represents this concept. He tweeted this during the whole meltdown uh, today. I'm a Southerner and grew up with a million of these dumb Hicks. They're racist. And so do them. Everything in the entire world can be explained by racism being entirely true. And so what a hick lib is, and Jack can elaborate on this too, is there's a type of liberal who what they did is they grew up somewhere usually in middle America, could be the South, could be the Midwest, could, you know, could be a small city, small town. They probably had loving parents. They probably had functional public schools. It was probably a pretty nice place to grow up. But they thought everyone – they were pretty smart. They're usually pretty bright. This guy's got, as he told everyone, multiple postgraduate degrees. They're pretty bright and they think everyone around them is too much of a simpleton. They go to church. They're like – they probably vote for Republicans. They believe in God. And they're not, they're not as worldly as them. And they sort of signal that they belong in D.C. They belong in the elites by yeah, talking about how they grew up with these people and they're so disgusting. And don't worry. I'm so much better – than those people are. I left that behind. And then they go on Twitter and they have mental breakdowns over whether we should have affirmative action for pilots. Yeah, so this is this is very close, closely aligned with um, the TV show Yellowstone. There's a lot of memes that we've done about this. I've been doing for about a year now. A lot of people have done. Mr. Grib has done some of these as well. Um, that guy, Oliver Anthony, is a great example of this. Uh, someone who kind of has the, you know, they have those sort of like Southern Midwestern um, Appalachia kind of aesthetics you know they seem like the kind of person that would be like a trump supporter but then they start talking and you realize oh wait a minute this guy's like a lefty what's going on here 
And and yeah, Blake is exactly right. You know, they they usually have done some time in like one of the cities back east, or they you know they feel like they should be among the rich men of Richmond, um, and they they just really bitter. And so like the bitter Southerner is actually the name of one of the Hicklib publications out there. That's just pretty much their banner publication. And you see this a lot, by the way, in the country music world. You see a lot of country music huge names that'll come out. People associated will. They'll, they'll be from like West Texas or they'll be from like Nashville. And then they come up and they go on TV and they start espousing these extremely left-wing views, uh, particularly on race, but also on economics and things like this. And and you're you're kind of wondering like, wait a minute, everybody I know from that area is like, you know, as red as the day is long. So what's what's the deal versus me? We're like, I'm I'm like whatever the opposite of that is because I'm from I'm like I'm like from an East Coast urban area, but I you know I turned out like this, um, so yeah, I'm like I'm whatever the opposite of that is. That's what I am, and uh, I I definitely don't listen to like I don't think any we we had that whole thing where none of us really listen to country music except I think uh, Andrew, and um, you know we're we're not your typical I guess like conservative podcast because of that. Um, but whatever, right? You know, we we've come to these ideas because we realized that the places that we're from, everything was breaking down and falling apart. And so this guy, Will Stansel, very self-loathing, very much hates the people that he grew up around, very much hates uh their entire way of being, and and just thinks that he should be in control so that he can, you know, progress them into a a world where they accept people who are different, where they accept uh, immigrants where they accept refugees from Africa and the third world and all, all of, you know, Blake, obviously, as, as you've talked about this, um, this all fits together. Very good. I'm going to tell you guys about another one of our partners here. Then we have to wrap soon. Noble Gold Investments. I want you guys to check it out right now at noblegoldinvestments.com. We have a thing of silver here and it's heavy, isn't it? And Andrew destroyed my silver. It's going to tarnish. It's going to be sad. The only people who are not afraid of raising, uh, rising inflation, uh, Noble Gold Investments, is seeing an unprecedented gold buying spree. Hurry and go to noblegoldinvestments.com to secure your wealth right now. Use promo code CHARLIE to bag a free five ounce America the Beautiful Coin with each gold or silver IRA if you qualify. That's noblegoldinvestments.com. They are wonderful. Colin does a great job. So check it out right now, noblegoldinvestments.com. That is noblegoldinvestments.com. So check it out right now, noblegoldinvestments.com. Let's go around the horn, guys. We're running out of time here. I also got to be up at like 5 a.m. to do Megyn Kelly tomorrow morning. So I have, to, I have to get home and do a bunch of stuff. Jack, final thoughts. We're winning. Um, and, and the main thing of this is no blackpilling. No freaking blackpilling out there. We are this close to victory on so many fronts. And so if I, if I see any blackpillers out there, I am going to trap them in quicksand. Blake. Moral of the story, don't let them boss you around. Don't let them boss you around on the border. Don't yes. let them tell you, oh, you're Speaker of the House. You can't go do a camping trip to the border. And don't let them tell you that you have Would to feel comfortable win. when you have like a, a pilot who doesn't seem entirely there. Uh, Tyler, uh, why don't we close out by previewing Monday? Yeah, I mean, Monday we've got 70 of the top 100 county chairs that matter in America coming together to Vegas to meet with the largest... Or, uh, grassroots organizations in the country. We've got Charlie Kirk. We've got Don, Donald Trump Jr. We've got Steve Bannon. We've got Jack Posobiec speaking. We've got Mike Lindell. We've got uh, Scott Pressler. We have the fight that's we're bringing right to the doorstep of the RNC saying these are all the things that we should be doing at the Republican Party. 
uh, that you're not doing. And, uh, you know, I think, uh, I hope it takes notice. I hope the, the grassroots is enlivened. They're enriched by it and that we can actually go back to our home states and win. It's going to be amazing coming on Monday. Uh, check out tpaction.com. Till next week, everybody. This is the most watched evening live stream show that you can find. Make sure you follow us on Rumble. Watch Jack Posobiec every single day on Real America's Voice, also on Rumble. And our program. See you next week. God bless, guys. I got to do two hours with Megan and then three hours live on air. And uh, fly to California and do a couple of Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us, as always, freedom at charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening, and God bless. For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.